Hello, I am Joe Rycroft. And I'm Adam Hewitt. Welcome to the Exercise Right podcast, the show where we delve deep into the world of exercise, rehabilitation, and wellness. A fun, non drab approach where Adam and I will be talking about all things exercise, physiology, health, and rehabilitation, whilst debunking myths, making some complex science a lot more simple, and giving you some tips and tricks to improve your health and well being. Each week, we will host guest speakers who are experts in their field and hear from you, the listener, to answer any of your questions. Evening, Joe. Good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? You switched on then. You went from flustered setting up to exercise right podcast extraordinaire. All in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Organised as ever. (laughs) How are you? I'm very, very well, full of full of the joys of autumn. What have you been up to? I spotted I, on Instagram you were you were doing some sort of travels. Yeah, I had a little um, mini break with two of um, my running pals, Janie and Chloe. We we ran the Snowdonia Snake Slate Trail, not Snake Trail. Slow do- Snow. I can't even get my words out today. <laughs> the slow Slow Journey Slate Trail. <laughs> Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it's very really well known. That one. Yeah, Basically it's quite. Ran. It's quite like the snow deer near Slate Trail, actually. Yeah, yeah. We ran lots of muddy paths in the wind and rain, whilst the Lake District got beautiful blue skies and sunshine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had a great four days, and it was a big adventure. So. Um, so tell me, how far did you run? So it was eighty-four miles, and we did it in well three and a half four days. Blimey! Um, so How's had- your legs feeling? My legs, well, we, we were having to go fairly like steady because it was so muddy and slippy. You couldn't really get much pace up. It was, and I mean, that was my excuse for my lack of uh, significant fitness. Um, that's, that's what, 20, over, it's over a half marathon a day. Yeah, we did 23 miles, 27 miles, 18 miles. Then it was 17 miles, I think, the the scores on the doors. Wow. Um, so that's a decent might... Strava account, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I'm like the perfect example of how not to prepare for events. I go from like five miles, 20 miles, 15 miles, three miles, 84. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, and you seemingly are managing to do it and have no, no injuries, touch wood. No, the legs feel actually feel really good. I've just been like unbelievably hungry. Woke yeah. up at 4 a.m. last night and I was like, <laughs> feed me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to feed your body. What's so I've had <laughs> about five meals already today, and the same <laughs> yesterday. But no, life's you know it's good. I feel like it's you know it's what totally resets my brain is doing stuff like that. So well, you must you must be very glad that we've we've pushed the podcast slightly early so you can get to bed early. Yeah, well, yeah, something like that. I've I've got I was getting really excited about who it was because I actually am here today. Um, <laughs> shock, shock. Well, for for listeners who are our weekly listeners, which I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of you out there. Um, we, <laughs> you remember that this was the episode where Joe <clears throat> potentially uh, decided that she had better things. No, I'm joking completely. Joe, there was a confusion where we didn't know whether the podcast was on or not. And um, last minute, um, I was there calling Joe and uh, Joe was up the fells and having a lovely time. But we, I went solo and it was with the most wonderful James Benson. Um, if you guys do remember, James is, uh, well, attempting, but currently partaking and doing very well in um, a cycle from Alaska to Argentina, uh, yeah. which is 
roughly give or take 43,000 kilometers so that trumps you 84 miles joe but uh yeah (laughs) but um joe is now here we had to get james on for a second round to get to see where he is i think from we could well i'm not going to ruin the surprise but he's definitely made some good progress and um yeah I'm, i'm i'm super excited about this one as well me too should we go let's do it let's do it no further ado and welcome to an episode of the Exercise Right podcast. I am delighted, and I mean that, delighted to have the Mr. James Benson back again. And you do get a Mr. because it's just, I'm just a man in awe about what you're doing. Um, for those who, who listened to the first round, and if you didn't, please go back, it'll make more sense. Um, and listen to the first episode with James, the Viking Viking, as we know, um, who is cycling from Alaska to Argentina. Um, and just brilliant to have you back on. Uh, also, Joe, very nice for you to show up. So, uh, you know, nice, nice <laughs> you to do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. Um, but no, I, I, we, uh, first and foremost, we had to get you back on because, um, Joe was devastated to miss you um, an, avid, an avid and keen cyclist herself had all the questions to ask and say you're doing. But um, James, no further ado, welcome back. Welcome back for part two. How are you? Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me for a second time. And it's nice to meet you, Joe. Um, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. Peru, since I last left you, I was in Ecuador. So I finished off the last week or so in Ecuador and hopped into Peru and have been battling the Peruvian Andes ever since then. It's been some intense riding um and uh some in- intense illness as well so oh god peru's water uh stations aren't, aren't the best um even even the rivers when filtering you've got to be really careful and it turns out maybe i wasn't careful enough <laughs> three or four bouts of um of bacterial infection um oh and a few of my friends have had parasites so i've had it lightly yeah fevers for days at a time and uh yeah, we, we won't go into uh, all of the details that, that transpire from bacterial infections. I'm sure we can, I'm sure we can, yeah, come to our own conclusions yeah. there. <laughs> but how have you dealt with that, you know, obviously being, having a bacterial infection is going to literally zap your energy completely. And then you've got the casual geographical challenges of the Pyruvian Andes. How is that, how is it going? Is it, as tough as it sounds it's been the worst part of the illness is is i'm very much i'm not used to being ill so whenever i do get ill uh, the minute it starts to subside i'm like let's get back on the bike and we'll keep going so i did that twice uh, and it didn't go too well the third time i was i was in bed for five or six days and was was really struggling um but i think Every time I, I managed to bounce back, but you, you're you're straight into Peruvian mountains, which uh, for the uninitiated, you, you normally start in a valley at this start of the day. You've got five or six hours of climbing, 1,500 meters, 2,000 meters up the mountain, and then maybe an hour descending back down into the valley below. Normally, you can only do one a day, so it's... Uh, you're, you're climbing up a mountain pass, descending down, camping at the bottom. And yeah, it's pretty brutal. Uh, fortunately, after the, the third bout of illness, there was kind of a flat canyon section. So I wasn't pushing myself too hard. And I managed to arrive into Cusco a week ago now. 
when I was struck for a fourth time. Um, so we ended up going to hospital, had a, had a ride in a Peruvian ambulance and was, wasn't held overnight, but they, they did some tests and confirmed it's just, I've had four bacterial infections. There's no parasites, no worms, which is good to, good to know. Some of my friends have been hit with that stick. And then as if four bouts of illness wasn't enough, the, the other day I bit into a chocolate bar and chipped a tooth. So I had three hours of dental surgery as well. <laughs> it's, I've been through the ringer a little bit the past, the past two months. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what's worse, the Peruvian climbs or, or illness. I, they're, they're pretty on par. <laughs> so is that, is the, are the Peruvian climbs over, finished? Pretty much. I was, I was just checking on the map, depending on the route I take. I'm now kind of in the Altiplano, so it stays relatively flat to the border. And I'm back to, I'm, I, I can't, you, you won't be able to see the smile for the listeners, but I'm very happy to be back to a thousand meter climbing days rather than back to back. We, we can absolutely confirm the smile on James's face <laughs> when he's saying these words. <laughs> oh, very, very happy. The views have been incredible. Uh, but my quads are very thankful that that there's going to be some flatter riding from now on. Man, that is that is something uh, something else. It can yeah, can only imagine uh, what those climbs like. Let alone being on essentially running on probably empty and and some. But were you hitting some some quite like big altitudes as well then as if in as part of those? What kind of meters are you getting up to? So the there was a stage which I had to come off. Um, there's, a, there's a route called the Peru Divide, which goes uh, through central Peru and, and tries to hug the divide line. So on, on your right-hand side heading south, all the water goes to the Pacific Ocean. And on the left-hand side, it all goes to the Amazon. Um, so you're, you're riding kind of as high as you can in the Andes, and it's absolutely stunning. But I gave it three strikes, and, and we're heading into the rainy season. So normally you try and get over the mountain passes by about 2, 3 p.m. so that you miss the worst of the weather. But I was getting stuck in hailstorms from, from 10 a.m. onwards um, and, and climbing up to, as your, your original question, four and a half, five thousand meters every day Wow, was, was brutal. Yeah, the, the elevation, it wasn't sickness. I didn't feel ill, but the your energy is just completely zapped. And at times... I couldn't, the, the gradients were so high, I couldn't even ride my bike. So you're kind of in a, a drunken state. Just your only goal is to make it to the top by hook or by crook. You push the bike, ride the bike, whatever, whatever you need to get up there. But yeah, there's, I've got some videos of me breaking down completely on camera because it's, it's just, it's been the most brutal riding of the, of the tour so far. And how, how do you find when you're at those lowest, darkest moments, how are you digging yourself out to, well, sometimes push the bike, but also just, you know, pushing that pedal one more round, one more rotation. How's that? How, how are you doing that? It's a, <laughs> it's a great question. One of the one of the overriding factors is is survival on the divide. In that there are no buildings, there are no shops. You have a limited amount of food on you at any one time. Doesn't matter what the elements are throwing at you. You have to make it over over that climb and and start descending down. Um, so one is definitely survival in 
in other places, if you're not feeling it, if you're feeling a bit ill, you can just pull over and you can find a village and you can sort yourself out. But the divide was a different beast and, and survival was, if I needed any more motivation, that was that was top. But it's, it's back to, I think, just setting the goals become even shorter, whereas before it might be, okay, let's make the next kilometer. When the climbs become that tough, it's okay, I'm going to make it to that tree, which is 10 meters away, and then we'll see how I feel. And yeah, sometimes you just have a sit down and, and contemplate life for a second. There was a time on one of the final climbs. So I'd already decided the weather was too bad. I was going to hop off and I was halfway up this a brutal climb and I just had to I put my bike down and was so exhausted that I just fell asleep in in I was in the middle of a, of a main road but you know nobody's nobody's passing through there and um, yeah I woke up 20 minutes later was like oh okay <laughs> we'll, we'll carry on with the climb <laughs> yeah That's the air up there yeah I think just for like for listeners for reference like Mont Blanc's height is like what 4,800 meters Kilimanjaro's what five and a half six thousand meters tops and you're like literally pedaling at like a bike yeah. up, up those hills so I think you know we you hear all the time about people acclimatizing to go up Kilimanjaro yeah you know you're literally and <laughs> we've all seen celebrities do the treks so I think it's probably good to put it doing, in it, doing it daily <laughs> yeah like literally just like off the <laughs> day after day but that's that's very cool you're gonna have one hell of a like you know adapted cardiovascular system by the time you get home mate you can be flying up hills <laughs> i think one, once you take the weight off the bike as well it's uh it's like training at altitude with you know ankle weights on I think once I get back to my carbon fiber bike and, and <laughs> no weight on. You need to get some races entered for whenever you get back. You just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Pacing around. Yeah. And just just purely for the listeners as well, just refresh our memories of why you're doing this. So there's, I, I first heard about the challenge five years ago. I, I met a, a guy that I'm still in touch with called Simon. He was cycle touring through Asia and he kind of put this on my map. So I've wanted to do a cycle tour ever since then. And I've also wanted to raise money for a, a heart charity since I was a kid uh, when I found out, discovered that I had a heart problem myself. So I've had two operations, one when I was eight, which was unsuccessful. Another one I turned 16, which was successful um, and unfortunately lost a friend uh, called Alex Hubbard uh, whilst at university. Um, and that's how I found out about uh, Cardiac Risk and the Young Cry, the, the charity. So ever since then, I've wanted to raise money for them. And I kind of merged the two ideas together. Um, so I think I'm up to, I checked the GoFundMe the other day, I think I'm up to three and a half thousand pounds now, which is absolutely amazing. My aim is uh, to get up to 5,000, which will fund two days worth of cardiac screening for kids. And hopefully if we surpass that before I finish the end, I'll, I'll keep keep on pushing for more. Yeah. So come on, guys, dig deep and get <laughs> James to that 5,000 mark. Because I think even by the opening 50 minutes of this podcast, we can quite, think, quite rightly say there's some epic, epic effort going on here uh, through sickness and in health. <laughs> you are wedded to this challenge. I wanted to tell you about one of the climbs as well, Joe. This is just to give reference. So I, one of the descents was 60 kilometers. I came down from something like 4,000 meters. 
So it was three hours just pure descending, which was almost by the end, you're like, maybe this is a bit too much, too much of a good thing. Because as I was heading down into the valley, I could see my climb the next day, which was a straight two and a half thousand meters over 40 kilometers. Uh, so that was that was my next day, which I was just staring up at. And you, I mean, it sounds like unbelievable. There's a part of me that's just like, ah, oh, I want to go do it. There's a part of me that's like, oh my word, you're absolutely crackers. <laughs> like that. What? So 60 kilometers descends. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. I mean, I think, you know, I've descended some of the climbs in the Alps, which, you know, you must be down within like, you know, an hour. And that feels like a long time on on like, you know, especially when you're having to break on the thing. That is, uh, and you, you must yeah. like, this is maybe really boring chat, but like going up, you must get up so warm. And then, you know, like kit wise, you have to have like literally full spectrum. That was, that was it. So that climb... I was heading up into, by the end, I was up into the clouds, but I was still boiling hot because you're just constantly pedaling. So I was still in Lycra shorts and, and only like an overshirt because I was so hot. And then I got to the top, took a picture. And in, in the time I took a picture, I was just freezing cold. So it's leggings on, rain trousers, over another overshirt, a jacket, and you're windproof. And as, even as you're descending and, and ski gloves as well, yeah. even as you're descending, you're, you're still shivering because it's, and that's just within two minutes, your body temperature changes and yeah, the wind and the clouds really get you. Can I ask some more kit questions? Is that allowed, Ads? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, I'm, I've never <laughs> seen you so on the edge of your seat. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Go on, what, what bike are you riding? Uh, so the bike is called the Stanforth. Um, I've forgotten the name. Stanforth Expedition. So he's a bike manufacturer down in Brighton, specializes in adventure bikes. So he has a set model, which name escapes me now, which is a road bike or a road adventure bike like I've got. He's got a mountain bike version as well. And then for those going into the Arctic, he's, he's got like a fat tire snow bike kind of oh, setup, awesome. which I'm dreaming about. Next adventure. <laughs> You're not going to make it into the uh, <laughs> into the Arctic Circle. I'm, not this time. I was looking. There was an Italian guy who tried to circumnavigate Antarctica. He was going to be the first person to do the South Pole and then exit Antarctica in in a different place, um, which he had to cancel. So it's it's on my radar. I've been looking into it. Maybe we'll see. Love that. I think that's um, and th I think there's something lovely about having a, a bike that's hand. What they'd probably be like handmade in the UK, are they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're literally riding it around the world. It's that's, beautiful. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? What has it all been fairly smooth from like a mechanical perspective? There's been a few a few problems. Uh, the the first problem I had, we we went into in a bit of detail in the last one, but ended up in my left crank broke and I, I ended up riding 900 kilometers one-legged that was <laughs> that was my first mechanical issue my pannier rack completely cracked off as I was uh, descending down a mountain so it had to be welded back together and I've cracked a rim as well in in Ecuador that was yeah the rims just had to be completely replaced what, so three, what are you going to do with this when you get back to the UK Where's this? Is this bike going to be like on the wall? Yeah, somewhere <laughs> on your mantelpiece of like, you know, the 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 absolute most 
treasured possession in the world that you're just so indebted to and you've got such a relationship with yeah she's uh she's special when um i started when i started writing the tour i I have like a blog update more for my family than anybody else but when i was writing updates my mum was like back home people keep asking me who we are because you keep on referring to we in your posts fantastic and I didn't realize that it, it's me and the bike. Whenever I'm writing, we are going somewhere. It's it's me and Emmy Lou. <laughs> what's, it, what's, what's, what's the name? Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou. I like it. Ah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> has the bike has to go on the wall. I can't go anywhere in a shed. I'll be living with the parents for a bit when I get back. So I'll have to do com- some convincing, take down some family photos. you've actually um you've actually prompted there's been a couple of questions from from listeners who have listened to the first episode and one of the questions which was so it's kind of twofold um but i'll jump to part b so apologies um for the person who wrote in i'm sort of scrapping the first bit of your question but what how are you gonna the question was how are you gonna transition from the epic days you're doing now back into like the UK living and your norm your normal in inverted commas life. How's that gonna if you have you thought about that? Is that just not on your radar right now? It's it's definitely coming up more. As as I get towards the end, the the travel fatigue has, has set in a little bit. So you you start to after two weeks on the bike, you're a bit like, oh, I, I need to have a break. And then once you're having a break, you're kind of like, I need to get back on the bike to to kind of finish. So I'm definitely, the past two months, it's come that I'm looking forward to the end. However, going back to the UK, I think it will never be a static life, but in terms of seeing a new place every day, it's going to be a big adjustment. But I think my my energies will go into finishing off the editing of the trip and and posting the, the videos. And then I've might have a little bounce back. One of my friends is the Guinness World Record holder for hand biking. So he has invited me to, uh, he wants to break another world record and cycle from sea level to five and a half thousand meters. Um, And he's a hand biker, so he needs some help with the gear. So I would be in a support role on on the sturdy, sturdy bike. So I'm thinking about doing that. Not yet, not yet sure. Um, I'm deciding whether I'll be able to hop back on the bike that quickly. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get you in for part three if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you can get Mahil on as well. He'll, he can yeah, guide great. you through his hand, but yeah. Anytime. So geographically, you're obviously Peru at the moment or coming approach thing. And then are you, my, my geography, Bolivia next? Is my geography correct? You're correct. Yeah, Bolivia is next. And and a lifelong dream of mine to visit the, the famous salt, salt flats. flats. Yeah, oh, amazing. Which I'm not sure if you know this, Joe, but a cycle tourist tradition is you have to ride a stretch completely naked. That's oh really? That's exciting. That's uh, maybe I, I might have to carefully film that to say that I did it. Um, but that's the the plan is to ride for a little bit and and, and stick to the tradition. Um, but where did that how, where did that tradition stem from? What's the source? <laughs> I, I would love to know the source. One with like what? the toughest bum ever, probably. So hang on. Let me. So th- there's a tradition to ride through the salt paths of Bolivia naked, right? I need to for, for a section. Yeah. 
I'm going to Google this and it's gonna, <laughs> and this is going to ruin my algorithms. I'm going to get a lot of weird cookies from now on, but it's worth it. So you guys chat on. I'm going to have a look at who, where this started from. Those salt flats look epic. I, I um, it's definitely on my bucket list, whether it be on a bike or by foot. But you get the they look absolutely epic. Like cycling through them must just be like on another level. It's meant to be meant to be awesome. And there's a few you have to uh, take your waste with you, your your bodily waste. So you need some plastic bags to carry that. And then you have to find a rock before you head into the salt flats because the the salt flats are so tough that camping. There's nothing there to be able to, oh, like, to set the tent up. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be carrying a rock as a as a hammer. Oh wow. Have you are you like full tent or like have you have you done any like bivying en route? Are you I haven't done I've got a bivy back home for my bikepacking setup, but for this trip, uh, I, I thought at the beginning I would be editing a lot at night and I'd have lots of energy in the evenings to to read books and all kinds of things. But most times after you've cooked and you, you're sat in your tent, you just drift off to sleep. You're so yeah, tired. Yeah. And then and you, I'm, well, I'm guessing by the salt flats, by the name, is there obviously a nice flat bit. So you'll be able to kind of shuffle through there at a little bit more pace than the Andes. Should be, yeah, you're in the, you're in the Altiplano there. The only thing which could knock me back is the rainy season starts in December. And it's a, there's a big weather system at the moment uh, every four or five years that hits South America, which they call El Nino. And it kind of throws the weather all over the place. And we are in an El Nino year. So when I was in the Galapagos, the water was like incredibly warm for that time of year. Um, and because of the weather system, the rainy season has started like a month earlier. So it could be a complete slog. I could get there and there could be a level of salty mush that I've got to cycle through, but I'm um, fingers crossed it's flat yeah. and uh, good ride. Mad. Well, I, I have done my research and sure <laughs> enough, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't for the life of me find the source. You can get some great, like not necessarily when you're riding naked, but like you can get some really <laughs> cool pictures on the salt flats where like, yeah. like people are like, it makes all, all the perspectives look um, different. Yeah. Force perspectives. I'm well, the hardest part, part might be is... a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part is the the temperatures. So I didn't even know this. In my head, it was going to be a, a warm camp because the sun is always up, but apparently it's getting down to minus 20 degrees at the moment up there. You're gonna you're gonna need some perspective then. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> chilly. That's very cold. And uh, in terms of like like day to day, obviously you talked to us about um, like obviously you're on the bike going. How do you feel these days? Like what's what? And like obviously you haven't probably got like a stash of cereal bars from the UK still in your panniers. So like what what gets you round every day? It's been it's been changing dramatically, even more so than, than when we last spoke. The divide was was changing because on the climbs I never felt like eating like a proper lunch. Um, and as you're climbing, you just you I get into a mindset where I'm like I want to finish this. So I haven't been having like a proper lunch for the last few weeks of, of riding. It's more been just snacking throughout the day. So breakfast, I started getting into uh, eating what the locals have. So they have these little cool like side stations where they have their local drinks. So I was drinking hot maca, which is almost like a, 
not a hot chocolate, but it's similar. Mm. And um, and then they have uh, lots of different breads with eggs and, and lots of different breakfast stuff. So all the locals would come in, they order like one drink and two pieces of bread. And I, as a cyclist, am there, you know, six or seven pots of this maca and eight sandwiches. Everyone's looking at me like, what is he doing? Amazing. So that would be breakfast. And then I just snack on on fruit and peanut butter bananas whatever i could find throughout the day and so then say, eat... peanut butter still your best friend yep still my best <laughs> friend and, and lots of people telling me that you can't find it I, I seem to be able to sniff it out wherever i go it's uh... <laughs> yeah. have you um, the... have you come across uh the the colombian pro cyclists all eat that like guava stuff is it um yes, like I... lunch ostelitos or something I've, the, all of the fruits of Colombia. I found another one the other day, which whose name escapes me, but it's almost like dragon fruit, which uh, I had three or four of, and then was told in Spanish that it's a laxative. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's just what you needed after having Peruvian water. That's it, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. So she was like, maybe you don't have three or four in a row. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> A good tip, but yeah, the fruits the fruits are amazing um, as long as you can find them. But the I think what I'll go back to now that the riding has calmed down a bit, it's a bit flatter. I'll probably go back to having my normal peanut butter banana wraps in the morning, maybe a few fruit snacks along uh, the day, and then I tend to have some form of vegetable wraps for lunch, and then the the classic ramen tuna avocado dinner is, is tends to be the evening meal not too venturous i can actually i can actually vouch the day after our first recording i had a peanut butter and banana wrap just out of going this does sound really good yeah. and it's bloody lovely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, i was like it, it, honestly i was like this is great thanks james you've you've, you've changed my world for a morning wrap it's brilliant <laughs> i do feel um when, when i speak to other cycle tourers who spend I, all of the weight on my bike pretty much comes from electronics so i can't be picky with what i carry cooking wise but some of them in the morning you know they're brewing coffee they're making oats like really nice oatmeals in the evenings they've got a proper pan to like and, and i'm just there in the mornings i just put peanut butter in a wrap with a banana <laughs> Yeah, same uh, meal every night. You've not got your like AeroPress coffee and everything else tucked away. No, 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 no frivol uh, frivolous weight expenditure with with my cooking. It's very limited. <laughs> uh, well, I guess anything that's on the bike is gonna weigh more and be like add to add to the pack, isn't it? So, yeah. is it is your mindset gonna change now from just like you say, just literally survival? Um, getting up those massive ascents then just getting into a valley and going back to sleep again to now going why not because when we first talked you were talking about you wanted to cover a certain amount of distance a day sometimes you sort of had a bit of a plan in place of covering you know quite quite astonishing amounts of kilometers in a day is your mindset going to go towards that now you're hitting flatter grounds I'm definitely, definitely flicking back to how I was before, before the Andes, uh, they, they changed everything. Um, yeah, speaking, speaking to other cyclists and, and I kind of realized maybe I do, maybe I push myself a bit too hard sometimes, but it's. No, that's shocking if you do. <laughs> partially, 
what I enjoy. Uh, and I've got goals. So uh, there's a group of cycle tours meeting up in Mendoza in Argentina for Christmas, which I'm looking forward to. There's a, two Irish couples and, and an English couple. I'm going to be the seventh wheel and just join them for Christmas. Uh, but because of that, I've got a goal to head towards now. So there's a certain amount of kilometers I need to cover each day. You know, I, I haven't got the option of, of getting a bus because I'm, I'm cycling the whole way. So if I want to get there for Christmas, I've got to, got to book it at times. And yeah, part of me is looking forward to that with these less, less climbing days. I can just get my head down and, and ride. Yeah. Otherwise it's the Christmas dinner of banana and peanut butter wraps. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I'm nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm a semi baker, so I've got. A, I want to make a chocolate Yule log. That's that's on my list of oh, cool. ingredients to find in Mendoza. You're a baker uh, as well. That's well. I, I I've taken five percent of my mum's talent, and and that means I can bake things that look like cakes at least. I think we've met Joe's soulmate here. Yeah, this is cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like hang on a second are you me I'm like what am I doing with my life why am I not riding around if you do you've got to get good internet because we have to do, do a podcast every Tuesday evening yeah well oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. I don't care where you are in the world <laughs> you've got to dial in <laughs> aside from the, the illnesses you've had and well the challenges that obviously come with that how have you been physically and do you do any form of like recovery, rehabilitation, prehabilitation on things? Or is it just a case of you, you're in a the cycle, to coin the phrase and mind the pun, of the daily exercise and your body's just kind of adapted to it to such an extent? I think the body and the mind have adapted to when I'm on the bike. Nothing... <laughs> I think the reason that the the illnesses have only happened when I've stopped is because your mind gets into a space where it almost doesn't allow the body to be ill. The same thing with tiredness and fatigue. When Whenever I'm riding, I'm in the headspace that I am riding that day. So even if you wake up feeling a bit tired, your mind is already going, well, we've, we've got to ride 100K today, buddy. So, you know, get to it. The minute you stop, you're in that same headspace for almost a day or two. And then that tends to be at the moment, that tends to be when the illness kicks in and your body goes, right, we don't have to do anything today. <laughs> Guess what? You, you've been hiding an illness for the past three days and, and there you go. So that's what's happened. The last three or four times I've hit a city and I know I'm going to be resting for a few days. So I just get hit with the, with the illness in terms of body mechanics. I, I tend to stretch every day as much as I can, even when I'm camping. And I'm definitely incredibly tight, uh, especially through the groin and uh, the glutes. It's... I was going to say, your, your posterior chain must be about one centimetre longer. Huh? Oh, man. <laughs> it's not it's not in all, a good way. All quads, no hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> I got mm. a massage for the first time in... Medellin and she was saying I've got two severe knots in there whenever she went anywhere near them I was writhing in agony so I've, I've been desperately trying to stretch my hamstrings and and open everything up but it's you're fighting a losing battle the the ship's taking on water quicker than I can uh, get it back over the side I can guarantee you that whatever 
rehab and prehab and stretching and rolling you're doing, it will be worth worth every even if it's just a minute and a ratio of a minute to an hour of cycling, it'll be worth doing it because you Yeah. Your body your body will learn what it's doing to such an extent, like Joe mentioned about your cardiovascular system being probably an Olympic level, but and above. But actually anything you're doing, the body will want any sort of rehab you're doing. Um but yeah, you'll also be very well accustomed and you'll look accommodated probably quite significantly that we, you know, no one that we've ever seen would have accommodated to such levels. Um, how does your body feel now at the currently? Is it you feeling do you feel like you can conquer the world with those quadriceps of yours? Or do you, you know? <laughs> I've never I've never looked at climbs before and it's it's not even a question in my head. I mean, the, the bike on a good day weighs between 55, 60 kilos. But when I'm looking up at the hill, it's just, it's not a question that I'm going to reach the top. And for the first time, I think the final climb into Cusco, I was averaging over 10 kilometers an hour speed wise on a 1,600 meter, 30 kilometer climb or something, which at the start of Peru, I think I was going maybe six kilometers an hour up, up these things. So I think by the end, I was, I was really, really eating them up, uh, which was, it was nice. It was like a, you can see your, your progress directly. And, uh, but yeah, the minute you hit a straight as well, it just feels so fast now because you're, as you said, the, the cardiovascular, the legs are all firing. God, it's lovely. <laughs> so are you, um, are you now resting for a few days before hitting the bike again? Are you, is that... Is in next few days ahead of today. Are you are you chilling out? I would love to say I am. Uh, tomorrow I head over to Machu Picchu, ah. so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm hiking up Machu Picchu, and then the day before I leave, I've got a, I'm touring some other ruins. So not resting completely. It's it's active recovery. Let's say. But getting that's that's good that you like taking time to see the the big sites as well though rather than just um, head down and pedaling. That's uh, one of the great wonders of the world, isn't it, Machu Picchu? I wasn't expecting to spend such a long time in in Cusco, but the the illness. I was in bed for five or six days, so I, I needed a bit more time. They they recommended taking a week or two off the bike just to make sure I was back and fully recovered. So. I've been taking in the the coffee and baked goods of of Cusco now for over a week, and then yeah, we'll do some some short climbs, get rehabilitated, and then get back on the bike. Hopefully this weekend. Have you um you talked about meeting up with other bike packers for Christmas? Have you have you met a lot of people doing similar kind of like challenges to yourself, or is, are most people kind of on their jollies? It's um there's a there's a bike packing group so. There's multiple different WhatsApp groups, which we all use to help each other and then give each other tips. I think at the moment, we there's a group of us which started last year and it's about a hundred or so people doing a similar challenge or a version of this. And then in this season, the group's grown again by about another hundred people. So I think there's probably 50 to hundred people every year doing Alaska to Argentina, some of them just doing North America. And then particularly in Peru, it's it's really, really popular for bikepackers coming to, to just do different routes around this region. So there's a lot of people. I mean, the hostel I'm staying in at the moment, there was 
five or six of us here for a good week or two. Unfortunately, they were ill as well. So it was a bit of a family here all looking after each other. Um, but yeah, it's it's an incredibly popular thing to do, I think, for a short term. Some people come on holidays in just two or three weeks and also for for a long term as well. So meet, meeting a lot of people, it's it's nice. There we go, ads next year. Oh, fast <laughs> off. Do you know what? It does nicely lead to another question we had from a listener, and it was, how how do you go about funding it? Um, in like, did you did you raise money prior, or did you save money prior to 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 getting on the plane, as we spoke about in the first episode? Um, we spoke about you know the, the I guess the the organisation of it, but we didn't actually talk about if you don't win it, we don't you know if it's not not of importance we don't have to talk about it but how do you go about funding the whole trip and and i guess stopping your job and everything like that so for me it was uh i think since the age of 14 i've always been saving to go travel um it's it's a long story short when i was i played rugby when i was a kid and got offered to go on a rugby tour my parents told me that they they couldn't afford it. So I, at the age of 14, had to save £1,500 and managed to get it done. And I think ever since then, it's been in my psyche as like a bit, I, I save and, and I go travel and I see stuff. So I did it throughout university as well and went backpacking. And then for this trip, it was the same premise. I, I came back home and, and was working and just with the sole aim of saving enough, uh, saving enough for this trip. Um, and that's yeah, that was my my goal. Um, so it's it's that's all amazing. all self funded. I thought about uh, at the time. I um, I didn't know. I'd done some challenges before for Cry, so I was only going to raise awareness for this trip. And but the closer I got, the more people were telling me that I, I it should be for charity. But I didn't want to. I wanted all of the money to go into the charity. I didn't want to kind of. Yeah. it's my dream and I could I could afford to save and do it myself so I didn't want to take any of the money away from a charity so anything that people are donating goes straight to the charity and it's yeah the trip self-funded through through me okay. the, the future goal is uh, is hopefully to raise uh, or earn enough money through YouTube and things like that to support more of these trips but that's uh, it's a pipe dream and an incredibly tough space i think to to get into yeah i think it is but i think also like um there's a guy who's running the length of africa at the moment yep. and you know he he's he's been picked up by social media and frankly he's all over my social media the algorithms obviously probably listen to our podcast <laughs> like this will match it your story's so it's it's inspiring for me and that, that's what I would say. That's how I felt after our first meet is that your drive to do something, which is com- completely selfless, to honestly, you. you just, you, you wanting to, to contribute, you're doing all the work yourself. It, at times you said it was, you was, you know, you're doing it solo. Um, it's, most of the time you're there just getting yourself through each day. And it's that sort of thing is for me, just like amazing. And it's something that, I don't think anyone can comprehend until they've actually even attempted something like that. Um, I think Joe is probably the most inspired at the moment. She's, I think she's looking at flights to Alaska <laughs> <laughs> as we're talking. Literally. <laughs> Joe, would you do it? 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's always the temptation to do um to do uh, stuff like that. Um, I've never done anything that big. But yeah, I think we were just talking before you came on, James, about kind of just disappearing off into the hills as a like a way of just escaping life and work. Um, it's but yeah, could I pack everything up and just go off on the bike? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm a, but it, I'd love it, to love the journey. It, takes, it does take an awful amount of courage. Mm. You know, no, that, that, I, I, I left myself, you know, after I chat James going, could I do that? I mean, first mm. of all, I'm not a good cyclist. So that was probably my first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I wanted to physically, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but the courage to, to, to pack up and, and do it. But also I think, overwhelmingly for me the courage is actually that's just your normal it's more the drive for me which I found so remarkable last time and it's just you know it's, it's almost reiterated itself tenfold when you're talking about the climbs the challenges you've had um when after Bolivia get to Christmas are you still on for February finish still on for for Feb finish might be a bit more on for for mid February, depending on on the route and what's going on down there. The I didn't realise there's a few boats that you have to get towards the end, and they can break down quite easily at the end of the world. So it can lead to longer routes. My friend was saying that he he got to the edge of a lake that you're meant to get a boat over, and uh, the boat was broken broken down, wasn't predicted to be fixed for a month, and so he ended up getting a, a paper map drawn by a local which showed him how he needed to to get around the lake to the other side and at one point it was turn left at this mountain so it's, it's, amazing yeah. <laughs> the instructions are pretty loose down there but i think you can see your end goal but if these i, I think if the the boats broke down if the ferries broke down you're, you're kind of clambering over mountains hiking your bike river crossings so there's definitely scope for the the right to be extended just due to difficulties uh, towards the end. So yeah, we'll see. But Feb mid Feb is is what I'm aiming for at the moment. And we're going to have to. I mean, without question, we're going to have to get you on to talk through that final few stages. I think that's just we're going to have to complete this journey with you. <laughs> Happy to, happy to come back on. I'm not sure what the, the Wi-Fi is like down in Ushuaia, but maybe uh, I could be back in the UK by the time we do it. When you're doing it, do you think, I mean, it might be a bit too much, you know, either storm right now, but you've already spoken about the next challenge, potentially. You've already spoken about, you know, I guess, is it, would it was it attempting a world record? Um, do you think this is just who you are now? And do you think this is how you're going to, is it going to be, how do you go about funding the next challenge? I, th I think so. Uh, there's the more the more I do of this, I am in the eye of the storm. But there's I, I've downloaded maps from back home. I'm already plotting potential routes and, and challenges, ideas that pop into my head. I, I I would love to turn it into my job. I would I'd love to make it who I am. And just because you, I think I've found something that I love doing, and 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 that's what I want to chase. But, but yeah, I think even if I return to quote unquote normal, normal life, I think these challenges will always be in the background. I, I can't see myself giving them up. They just, they bring too much adrenaline and 
yeah, I don't know. I love them. A good drug to be addicted to. Let's be honest, though. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, it's nice, especially as a as a cyclist as well. Cycling every day, you can relax on the diet front and, and enjoy more cakes and baked goods, which is fantastic. <laughs> every day is a cafe riding day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I remember last time when you were talking about the the coastline of Dorset being your challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that's going to be a challenge again. You should, you know what you should do? You should do that. Not as soon as you get home, because that you should probably you deserve a little bit of a break, but you should do that. And that can be almost like your comparison, the before and after, where you Ooh. found that was really hard. <laughs> My little brother has just uh, just got his moped license and he wants to race me. So it's it's down on the to-do list of me v him, him on a moped and me on a carbon fiber gravel bike. <laughs> I mean, I my money's on you yeah <laughs> my music track question to you was going to be if there's a track that you could almost cycle through that finish line on what would it be oh question Ad. that's a tough one so just to give you guys some background i thought there would be a music question coming up <laughs> we like our traditions I spent an hour this morning last time i had to answer on the spot and it was whatever came to mind and it was the perfect song but this time with more choice and more time i was sat in a cafe scrolling for an hour going what is my what is my <laughs> song it's too much choice but you've thrown another curveball what would i go <laughs> to the finish line on you're, you're welcome <laughs> what, what, what was the, okay what, what was, was going to be before yeah what was the song going to be before so i have in fact i will say the song that i picked before so the the question comes with an invite as well so i have a playlist for everyone i meet on the trip and they everybody adds their favorite song in and then it i listen to I it on that. the bike and it, it helps power me through so i would love after this to get a song from each of you to, to add into the playlist so one of the songs I'm picking, and I think I think it fits towards the end. There was a guy in Guatemala that I met from Scotland, and it's a Jerry Rafferty song called Right Down the Line. And for some reason, it's clicked with me. And whenever I'm on a descent and I feel like having a, a bit of a dance, that's the, the track I put on. So I think I'll, I'll go with that one, Jerry Rafferty. And it's got line in it. It's a finish line, right down the finish line. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, James, I've, I've, again, I've had such a good time. I think this is obviously Joe's best episode, most favourite episode. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you've said more words this episode that I've got no idea what you're talking about. We did it. We barely got into the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. And guys, as we did last time, we will post the links on um spotify um this description we'll post it on instagram as well and um, we'll share we have been sharing james's story throughout um from you know we've been been your number one fan um but please do and we'll, we'll continue to really push this campaign for you because it is special and it is something which is like you said every every single penny is going to cry this is not going to fund you doing the drip um and this is to fund people and directly to the charity so guys dig deep follow the link when we send it to you um but james thank you so much again thank you for having me guys it's been a pleasure as always yeah and best of luck for the next next leg or legs legs and legs thank you the naked the naked ride <laughs> <laughs>
So how was that, Jay? Well, that was exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> was that as if you met your if you met your idol now? I was like, I just want you know when you just like, oh, I just want to know so much more about like the. Uh, I didn't want to get too bike geeky, but yeah, no, I think that's fine. Yeah. Oh, what those are moments where I'm just like book a ticket, take a bike, go pedal, but you know. Yeah. It's crazy, it, isn't it? It's it, just the the not conforming to the nine to five. Yeah, know. it's mad, it's mad, um mad world. Mad world. It's <laughs> well there's honestly there's been times since before like since we did the first recording, you know, I, I'm sitting there <laughs> on my training to work thinking, I wonder what James is doing. Yeah. You know? And it's, it honestly has really, I mean, first of all, I love the episode because I just, I really love, I think James is just a sort of guy that is so kind, so like pure in his, mm. in his, in his me- methods. There's no, there's no agenda to anything he's doing. It's just purely, let's go and enjoy it. Let's try, let's try and give back. And that really stuck with me because I just like that in people. But also sitting there in a on a train, sometimes I'm going genuinely. I wonder where he is right now. What is yeah. he doing? Yeah. And um, that that I think that's just amazing. And it's sort of you if you look at it, certainly puts things in perspective. Yeah, and then it's like I think obviously we spend a lot of time talking to like your professional athletes or your elite athletes that their lives are you know governed by the training schedule, work fixing and amongst. And that's one end of I guess making sport a a life. And then you've got the other end where he's literally living on his bike and, you know, and seeing the world. And it's not about how quickly he gets somewhere or, you know, the power that he's putting through the pedals or the, you know, he's, it's about the journey and the cause, which is like just, yeah, a, a great, you know, both, both ways. There's no right or wrong or better way to live, but it's, um it's fascinating to kind of see that contrast, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think it's absolutely that. They're like almost polar opposite, but in mm. the same front, the body is still that central piece of that's what's it, that's what's making it possible. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, physically, James is, like you said, he's probably got a cardiovascular system that is incredibly strong. Um, but has he gone about it in a way of going, I need to go and do a print training program, I need to do my macro micro i need to do some periodization it's just a case of going my body's going to have to accommodate this because i'm going to do it yeah. my mind is going to tell me to do this and that's going to happen yeah. and um you know that almost goes against the grain sometimes with us how we do our life and how we plan our life and how we periodize our life but i love that about it and that's that's you know it is a, a genuine journey and mm. um like i say guys and listeners get on it please because we are liking and following and sharing james's story we need you to do the same yeah absolutely and um i'll definitely be putting a a couple of pennies on that just giving page it's um yeah i think it's gonna smash that 5k yeah we'll 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 keep we'll keep keep watching out for uh his progress between now and and i'll see you on the other side be the first to hear about our new episodes and find more information by following Exercise Right UK on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.